0: Praise the Lord, it's a joy to be here this morning, welcome every one of you in the sweet name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we also uh, want to extend a warm welcome to every one of you joining us online uh, from home. Uh, Most of you are online and uh, we invite you to come and join with us here in the church uh, in the physical gathering. And if you are unable to do so, uh, you may uh, be in the presence of God at home with your whole family. Uh, Make sure the husband, the wife, children, parents, everybody are in Uh, Though you might be at home probably in a more relaxed posture in your living room um, I want to encourage every one of you to uh, join us uh, with uh, sincere reverence As you would be if you were here in the presence of the Lord uh, That we may worship the Lord in spirit and in truth And listen to the word of God and be uh, strengthened, encouraged And uh, um, you know be focused on our lives and what god wants us to do and so i want to encourage every one of you watching us online uh, to continually join us without fail every week every service Uh, sunday mornings we have a service in english at eight and then in Tamil at ten and uh, we have a sunday school kids club for children on zoom and uh, we also have the service in the evening at six o'clock but today in the evening we will not have the regular live streaming of the evening service because we have the carol service uh, in Tamil uh, for the Tamil congregation and like we did it last week on Google Meets in English this time on zoom uh, in Tamil this evening and uh, we will also post the link out so if you like to join you are most welcome Uh, God bless you Uh, just a quick announcement about uh, the Christmas festival service this uh, coming Friday the 25th of December uh, we have the service uh, at 6:30 a.m., 6:30. Please note the time. It's not 8 o'clock like Sundays. It's 6:30 a.m., and um, we have already sent out, um, you know, a, a Google form for you to fill up and uh, pre, uh, you know, uh, let us know ahead of time about your uh, coming in attendance to the service. Um, so we invite you to join. If you have not given your name, please do. Um, very quickly uh, today itself so we could make the right arrangements for your seating here Uh, we will have the seating arranged in such a way where you could sit together with your family and we will also have the name tags on the seats as well so that will just help uh, to maintain social distancing at the same time accommodate uh, more people alright in the same way we will also post a link uh, to uh, let us know your confirmation of your coming for the New Year service that will be on the 31st of December at the PSB hall which is very close to the SBOA school. It's a very large hall and so we will have comfortable uh, spacing there and there also uh, we will cluster families together uh, and uh, have social distancing between uh, other families and other individuals seated. So, uh, we will also have the name tags put there as well, so we want to encourage you to let us know, and we will send the link out, um, you know, in a week's time for the New Year service. For Christmas, we have it right here in the church, and we want to invite every one of you who could come here, uh, join us, and uh, do let us know right away today itself. Uh, that will help us to, uh, you know, have the arrangements done for the Christmas service. Uh, it's at 6:30 a.m. 6:30 a.m. Please note again. Uh, Maybe some of you might have to fix an alarm on your devices uh, for that morning service (laughs) All right, so god bless you Let's go on to the word of god this morning Um, as we've been worshiping the lord and uh, um, You know joshua has been leading us so wonderfully uh, In the to the in the presence of the lord uh, to what the spirit of the lord has uh, uh, Put on his heart and uh, led him to and so much in alignment to what we're going to study this morning Uh, you see that's uh, how the Spirit of God works he works uh, you know uh, the same way through whoever stands up here to minister to share or to lead in worship uh, whether a person is young or old uh, a man or a woman or whoever it is God anoints his children and uses them um, and uh, whatever the Spirit of the Lord wants to accomplish in our lives, those of us here, and also for those of you at home, the Spirit of the Lord does uh, work through anyone. Amen. Uh, nobody is indispensable. No one can say, without me, nothing's going to happen. Whether it's A, B, or C, God will use anyone. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's uh, who God is. He's not a partial God, He's an impartial God. He uses everybody. Amen. He can use you too, He will use you. Amen. Hallelujah. You just have to make yourself available and do what the Spirit of the Lord leads you to do, and He will use you in a powerful way. And we're seeing that uh, the Lord uh, use uh, you all um, in a significant way to reach out to many people during the season. And if you want to reach out to more people, do let us know. Fix appointments. Uh, we've been talking about the virtual carol rounds uh, that helps in re- reaching out to no- unbelievers online and so uh, that has been going on very well we are seeing very uh, good response and so uh, continue to fix appointments with your friends colleagues anybody you like to coming back to uh, what we're going to study this morning we're going back to the prophecy of Zechariah it looks like uh, Zechariah has prophesied a lot and it takes a while for us to read and understand uh, the entire uh, message of what Zechariah has been conveying to the Remnant uh, of the people of Israel those who are back from the exile Remember the people of Israel were taken captive to Babylon uh, for 70 years. They were there and now uh, They are coming back and uh, the prophecy of Zechariah is to those uh, who have returned from the exile and um, The one central theme that runs through the prophecy of Zechariah is the whole message of God's mercy and God's grace where God is pardoning, forgiving his people and then he is also renewing them and uh, restoring their lives in very many aspects of their lives and today we are going to look at one of those key things uh, just in line with what Joshua has been speaking about uh, you know towards the end uh, uh, building our life on the foundation uh, which is the rock um, you know which is unshakable and uh, sand is something that, uh, you know, as he said, takes any form and shape and, and uh, you can't really build uh, anything over it. It will collapse. But rock is something uh, which does not change its uh, uh, shape or form. And even when they lay a foundation and when they hit the rock, you know, they know it's going to stand strong. And uh, uh, they will lay the foundation on the rock. In the same way it is in our lives as well. Uh, the rock is Jesus himself, the rock uh, as we, he read from uh, Matthew chapter 7, the teachings of the word of God, the teachings, the principles for life that enable us to live in such a manner that honors God and also which becomes unshakable foundation. Uh, it's really amazing to know that sometimes people can go to a place where uh, they do not um, apply the teaching to, uh, to their lives. Either it is because of lack of knowledge of what the Bible says, the teachings of the word of God, or it is they know but they have turned a deaf ear to the voice of God, to the teachings of the word of God. Either ways, it, is, it turns out to become rebellion. Either ways, it turns out to become turning our backs on God. And so in such um, a situation, a person, a family will uh, come to a place where they will begin to, um, you know, be affected by the consequences of the poor choices that they have made. The poor choices, uh, when I say poor choices, the lack of choosing to follow the principles, the teachings, the word of God. The reason we read the Bible is not just to read it through as a religious book in a, uh, on a morning, you know, uh, when you have a cup of coffee. Uh, it's not just to, uh, uh, you know, follow um, a, a ritual, a customary practice which is uh, done. You know, some people know, don't they say, you know, uh, this is what my mother taught me and until I go to the grave, I will do what she said. You know, they're very obedient, uh, even when they're very old, they will say, Uh, you know, this is what they taught me in those years. I will not uh, change from that, which is a good thing, but sometimes it can just end up as a tradition. It can just end up as, uh, you know, a sentimental thing. You know, this is what my mother told me, so I will do it. (laughs) It's good. And we as parents should teach our children and uh, we should follow what our parents say. But it's not just a a ritual or just a customary thing. It's not just a sentimental act that we do. But studying of scriptures is learning the scriptures, the teachings, and applying it to our lives so that God is pleased with the way we live. And we live such holy and godly lives that honor God. And also that in turn brings a blessing upon our lives. And so quickly this morning we're going to look at the prophecy of Zechariah. Uh, from chapter 7 onwards to about, um, you know, 14, very quickly, uh, this morning, let's turn our Bibles to uh, the second part of Zechariah chapter 7, uh, which is uh, full of oracles, uh, sayings, t- uh, teaching that Zechariah is speaking to the people of Israel. The first uh, six chapters had visions, symbolic um, visions. Which were messages to the people and here we find oracles And uh, if you read uh, chapter 7 and we read from verses uh, 4 All the way um, Sorry chapter w- 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 chapter 7 was 2 to 10 2 to 10 The people of Bethel had sh- sent shahrazor and Reja Melech. Together with their men to entreat the Lord by asking the priests of the house of the Lord Almighty and the prophets. What they are asking, should I mourn and fast in this fifth month as I have done for so many years? Now remember the context as I said is that the people of Israel have come back from captivity. Why they were taking to captivity to Babylon? Because they sinned against God. And God has uh, punished them and for 70 years they were under captivity and now they have returned back to Israel. Slowly groups of people have started to come back and resettle, rebuild. And God is speaking to them about the rebuilding of the temple, which we've been talking about. And uh, while they are back, God is, uh, you know, uh, resettling them. And in that context, God is, uh, the people are asking, uh, should we continue to mourn and fast like we used to do in Babylon for 70 years we observed fasting every, uh, you know, uh, the fifth and the seventh months. We fasted and prayed, mourned for 70 years. Should we continue to do that here also? Well, we did it when we were in exile. We did it because we were suffering. But now we are back. Should we now also do it? Now we are, everything is fine. Life is, you know, got better. Should I mourn and fast in the fifth month as I have done for so many years? Verse 4, then the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. Ask all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and seventh months for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? See what God is asking. Was it really? Yeah, you did it, but was it really for me? And verse 6, uh, and when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Are these not the words the Lord proclaimed through the early prophets when Jerusalem and its surrounding towns were at rest and prosperous and the Negev and the western foothills were settled? And the word of the Lord came again to Zechariah. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. (laughs) So did they get their answer? Did they get their answer? Yes or no? I can't hear from inside this booth yes fully yes can I give you my answer (laughs) I would say yes and no God did answer but the answer which God gave I would say for the question they asked is probably a yes and a no you know why because God never said fast or don't fast Just see if the answer is there. Sometimes, don't Indians also talk like that? (laughs) There was no specific answer for that specific question they asked. Instead, God was actually answering a bigger question that they should have asked, (laughs) which they failed to ask. Lord, how is our heart, Lord? You took us for captivity. You punished us there, you brought us back, you've forgiven us our sins. Has our heart changed? Am I the same or have I changed? You've been merciful to me, you've been gracious to me. Am I still the same like I used to be? You forgave my sins, you changed my situation, my problem got solved, my sickness got healed, my uh, money came, my job came. You have sustained me during this lockdown period. You uh, did not leave me on the street. I am not living in hunger and thirst. My situation is blessed, but have I changed? No, that question was not asked. They were more concerned about, should we continue to do this religious routine or not? Sometimes we get so stuck up, caught up with the religious routines that we have done. Maybe we started fasting and praying and seeking the Lord when we were in trouble and then we, uh, things have got better and maybe we are thinking, oh, uh, should I continue that or not? Maybe now it's, everything is fine. <laughs> but you know what God is asking them? When you were there 70 years, when you were fasting and when you were mourning, every uh, time of that year when you did that, did you really do it for me? Oh, you did it, you did the act of fast, you did the act, you you did, uh, you know, give the offering, you did light up the candle, you did, uh, you know, n number of things, ABC, whatever, you did all of those things, but finally what, did you actually do it for me? Did you do it for me? And this When you were eating and drinking and all of this, were you not feasting for yourselves? Were you you really doing it all to celebrate me? Were you doing it as an act of worship? When you fasted or feasted, were you really celebrating my goodness? Were you really thinking of me? Were you really enjoying me? Were you really in a relationship with me? Were you really focused on me? Were you really seeking after me? Was your heart after me? Or were you just doing it as a cultural routine? Sometimes we do many things as a Christian cultural routine. Even attending a church service can become a Christian cultural routine. Christians in our church Sunday. From our grandfather's time, we are all regular going to church. Sunday morning, I can't sit at home. Sitting at home, I'll feel very uncomfortable. I have to be in church. Is it just, has it just become a routine? Or do we gather together to seek the Lord? Do we gather together to actually have fellowship with one another? Do we gather together to really serve one another, minister to one another, encourage one another, build one another, to be a blessing to one another? Or have all these things just become a routine? Sometimes even our online transfer, Of tithes and offerings can just become routine. Okay, EB bill, enter. Tithe, enter. EMI. (laughs) Everything can be, you know, just without even applying our mind, just without even giving thought. Actually, it's not the very best way to actually even give to the Lord. (laughs) But what I am talking about is a matter of the heart. You know, where we can just involuntarily just do all the duties. You know, it can become a duty. It can become a, uh, you know, first week finish, pay the house rent, EV bill, uh, phone bill, uh, internet bill, tithe offering, everything is uh, sent. EMI, everything finished. Now uh, all the responsibilities are over. So that's the way they were doing it. That's why uh, the word of God says, God loves a cheerful giver. Not just a giver, but a cheerful giver. (laughs) So, the heart, the mind, the focus, that's what God is speaking here about. And... um, but the answer that God is giving them in verse uh, 10 is, uh, this is what the Lord Almighty says, administer true justice, show mercy, compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, a foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Administer true justice. This is, y- your heart has been wrong. Your mind has been wrong. Not something that honors me, not the, something that honors God. There's been no compassion to one another. There's no showing of mercy to others. Our interpersonal relationships do affect our relationship with God. The way we handle our interpersonal relationships do affect our relationship with God. The way we treat one another, the way we take care of each other, the way we extend our love and compassion and we are forgiving to one another, does affect our relationship with God. And so the key thing that you find here is about going back to the teaching of scripture, going back to the fundamental core elementary teaching of the word of God, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Talking about building your foundation on the rock. This is the foundation. but this is a solid foundation. This is a good foundation. This is the foundation that can make our life to stand. This is a foundation which can make your life to go steady. Sometimes haven't you seen in some people's lives, the life goes on a oscillation here and there, left and right, swung all over the place. No clarity, no clear decisions, no understanding of what God wants them to do. Uh, everything is in a chaos get some money here give some money there get another place give that get there do this do that buy here sell that somehow do some juggling work and then uh, somehow make things happen and make it look good like everything is fine like everything is perfect everything is going smooth that's not how God wants to lead us and bless us. God wants to order our ways. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Can we repeat it together? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The steps of a good man. Am I a good man? Are we good people? Am I a good woman? God is speaking to them and saying in the areas of justice in the areas of mercy compassion taking care of uh, you know the widows the fatherless and you know and the foreigner the poor sometimes you can be very stingy with everything and everybody being liberal with our giving not Just to God, not just tithes offerings, but giving to people who are in need, people who come to our doorstep, people who do some hard work, hard labors, people who serve us, giving an extra, you know, thing, a thing or two shows a heart of generosity, love, compassion. Forgiving somebody else's faults, Shows a heart of love and compassion. And so these are the foundations on which our life has to be built. Not on just religious routines. Religious routines are vanity, vain, meaningless, endless routine. Just rituals, customary things, traditions, empty traditions are vain. And that's what they were after. They were saying, oh, we've been following all these traditions. We've been following all this very ritualistically, correctly every fifth month of the year. We've been fasting every seventh month. We've been fasting. We've been doing all of that. Should we continue to do this? Now we are back home. God is saying, no, it's not just about your religious routine. It's about where? What's wrong with your heart? Sit your heart right. There are deeper issues that we have to be dealing with. And verse 11 and 12 in the same chapter, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and covered their ears. They refused to pay attention. Stubbornly refused. Stubbornness, turning the back, covered their ears. See the number of negative uh, phrases, words that God is using against Israel. They refused to pay attention. They stubbornly turned their backs and they covered their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen to the law or to the words of the Lord Almighty had sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. So the Lord Almighty was very angry. All of these things are there, but without addressing any of this, they were just asking, venama, pan, second Saturday varnuma Varagoda. The issue is not just about attending a service. The issue is not just about that. The issue is deeper than that. He's saying rebellion with religious routines result in vain repetitions. What he essentially is saying, rebellion or religious routines coupled with rebellion to follow the teachings. What he is saying? He's talking about the teachings, the foundations. That's why he said right at the beginning that what you heard this morning, that's how the Spirit of God leads us. That's what he wants to teach us. Brother, sister, if there is a rebellion in your heart and in mind, we need to turn away from that rebelliousness, stubbornness. Some people are very stubborn. You can never move them. You can never tell them anything. You can never talk to them. You, never, you can never explain anything and tell them this is the right way of life. This is what you have to do. You cannot even have a conversation, a gentle conversation. You cannot even, you cannot speak the truth in love. And sometimes uh, at some points we have to wash our hands and say, hand them over to God and say, God, you take care of them, you lead them. We can't do anything beyond this. Because you can't even speak, you can't even explain, you can't even teach. Because any amount of teaching, any amount of encouragement to follow the truth does not make any sense. They hate it, they're rebellious, they're stubborn, they turn their backs on it, their hearts are very hard. How many ever times you invite them to come to church, you invite them to come join an online prayer time, they will refuse, they will straight away say it on your face, no, 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 these are and all we can't join, so many people have told us. I'm telling you what's happening, nothing to hide. That's nothing but simple, straightforward rebellion, stubbornness, having the heart as hard as flint. And they would not listen, and it goes on to say, and they would not listen to the law or to the words the Lord Almighty has sent by His Spirit through the earlier prophets. But you know, for those who are yielding, those who are willing, those who are saying, yes, I'm available, yes, I'm willing, you know what is happening? God is pouring out His Spirit on them. Hallelujah. Amen. Just a couple of days back, two, three days back, a sister regularly joins her prayer in the nights. She, was, she said early in the morning she got up and she was just praying at home. Regular, simple prayer, 6.30 in the morning, morning prayer. And While she was praying, she got filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues. Somebody shouted, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Those of you at home, hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. See, that's what happens. For those who are willing, those who are are yielding, if we are stiff-necked, if we are stubborn, if we are constantly refusing, if we know what is right and we persist to do what is wrong and fail to do what is right, we will not be blessed. But that's what was happening with the people of Israel. But they were doing their religious routines. Unwilling to yield to the voice of the Spirit, but just giving an offering is no use. You can send money to missionaries, you can give money to print Bibles, you can do many things, but resisting to yield, unwilling to yield, is rebellion. So, religious routines coupled with rebellion result in just vain repetitions. 70 years. <laughs> Fasting went in waste, complete waste. Can you just imagine 70 years I fast and then 70 years of fasting goes waste. Do you understand what we are talking about this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I pray that none of our religious routines, or activities that we do will ever go in vain because of a rebellious spirit in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Religious routines coupled with rebellion result in vain repetitions. Refusal to yield to the words of the spirit through the prophets is a hindrance to prayers being heard. God is saying just after that in 13, 14, if you just read those verses, we don't have time now. God is saying, they will, pr- they will ask me, they will pray to me, but I will not hear, I will not answer. God is just refusing. You see, what a sad thing that they pray, but then there's no answer. God does not hear. Refusal to yield to the words of the Spirit through the prophets. Now, that's what I said right at the beginning, whether a person is young or old, a man or a woman, whoever stands up to minister, stands in the presence of the Lord and speaks and ministers inspired by the Spirit of the Lord and we ought to listen. We ought to pay attention. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, in those days, there used to be a certain culture among many churches. Only if the senior pastor preaches, they will listen. One Sunday in the year, a guest speaker comes or somebody else, one of the associate pastors, somebody else stands up to preach. They will all close their Bibles. They'll be looking out of the window. That used to be a culture. Somehow by the grace of God, we have not allowed such a culture to come into our church. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God can use anybody and God will use everybody. Hallelujah. It's our job to listen. It's our job to pay attention. Amen. In many churches, if there's a a, a lady, a woman who stands up to minister, people will not listen. Because they don't respect women in our culture, generally. What does a woman know? But God used many prophetesses (laughs) in the scriptures. You find them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of them spoke powerful words. Many of them have been part of, uh, you know, uh, what they said and spoke and sung have been written as scriptures for us to read and to learn. And so let's not get stuck with some of those kind of ideas and let them not become a hindrance for us to listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. Refusal to yield the words of the spirit through the prophets. So a prophet today can be wearing a jeans and a t-shirt also. (laughs) Not necessarily having a long white beard and wearing a, you know, like that sadhu, you know, kind of outfit. Those outfits don't make a prophet. A prophet can also be a very, very young person. A working professional too. A businessman too. Amen. Say Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hardening of the heart and ignoring scriptural truth will result in a pleasant life turning into chaos. That's what God says towards the end of the chapter. Your life was so pleasant, your land was so pleasant, but it has now become completely desolate. A pleasant life can turn to become a chaotic life because of the hardening of the heart and ignoring scriptural truth foundation, goes back to the foundation, laying solid foundation and building our life on top of that. And ultimately, disobedience makes God angry. Somehow we have only projected very frequently a God of love and mercy alone, but God can also become angry. Some people would say, oh, in the Old Testament, it was an angry God. New Testament was a loving God. No, no, you can't separate the nature of God based on time. God is the same or some people would say father God is angry God Jesus is grace full of grace no but he also came full of grace and truth and in the old testament also God was gracious and Zechariah you found how God has been so merciful and so gracious this is what he's exposing them to basically what God is saying to them is that hey you've come back from the exile now, but you still have the same heart which you had before you went into exile. Now I'm forgiving you, but I'm also exposing what is wrong with you. I'm also wanting you to realize where you've gone wrong. See, when God is listing out these things, He's not condemning and uh, completely annihilating them, but God is exposing them to the truth. God will speak the truth as it is. And we also have to speak the truth as it is in scriptures. If you are reading Zechariah, we have to say what Zechariah says. (laughs) We don't have the authority to change what Zechariah says. And Zechariah's message is our message to us also. It was not just to his first time audience, but also applies to us because the word of God, scripture is for all time, for all people. So it's very relevant to every one of us. And even more during this time, because Zechariah is now prophesying about A one, a Messiah who will come and save Israel. Hey, this is your condition. This is how you have been earlier and this is how you're continuing to be now. But now there is a Messiah who's going to come. In the following chapters, he speaks about the coming of the Messiah. In a few days, we're going to be celebrating the coming of the Messiah and how relevant it is this morning for us to be reading this. But God again speaks in the next chapter, 7 and then you come down to 8, you're wondering, hey, when is 14 going to come now? We'll go fast. But these are some of the key things that we can't uh, overlook or do it fast. And so I'm taking some time to do this. In chapter 8, verse 3 to 6, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. First seven, chapter 7, he's exposing them and he's saying, see, look at this. This is your picture. This is what you asked the question. This is what is going on with your life. Deal with this. But also, I'm not going to forget, just address that issue and forget you, but I'm going to pardon you. I'm going to renew your life. This is what the Lord says. I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city and the mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. Again, the people will become faithful and they will be purified. God himself will purify, sanctify them. This is what the Lord Almighty says in Zechariah chapter 8, 3, 8 to 6. Once again, Oh this is beautiful. Once again men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem each of them with cane in hand because of their age the city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there this is what the Lord Almighty says it may seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at that time but it will will it seem marvelous to me declares the Lord Almighty no It's not going to be marvelous. This is something he's got a plan already. This is not going to be just a surprise for God. He's planned this all the time. He wants to bring them back. This is his chosen place for his people. This is his promised land. He will bring them back. Let come what may. He's not going to get anything else come in the way of fulfilling his promise and being faithful because he's a covenant keeping God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he's made a covenant with us on the cross. Though we go far away, though sometimes we rebel, though there are times when we fail to fully live out the kind of life that he wants us to live and sometimes slowly slip away into just some religious routine and lose our heart for God and become rebellious. He turns our heart back. He keeps coming after our hearts. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, I want you to know this morning that Jesus keeps coming after your heart. Hallelujah. Jesus keeps coming after your life. Jesus keeps coming after, you know, you, hallelujah. You are important for him. You are precious to him. Amen. He will not dump you halfway through and walk away. He loves you very much. He loves us all very much. And he says again, you know, this week, I think ending with 18th. 18th was Friday, right? Ending with 18th, Friday. From the 10th to the 18th was the festival of Hanukkah in Israel. And Hanukkah is a festival where they light up lamps and sit outside in the streets. Outside, uh, you know, you know, in Jerusalem, the old city, they're all old, ancient, you know, buildings with those very small lanes, like uh, what they call in Bangalore Gullies, you know, those kind of uh, small, small, small lanes, you know. And all these huge uh, uh, rock built, you know, uh, buildings and houses. Um, you can only walk those lanes. You, you you can't drive through them. You know, they're not that wide. And in these, I, I was just watching a video, very interesting. I, I was trying to get that back. I, somebody had shared it on Facebook. I saw it a couple of weeks back. I was trying to trace that. I couldn't figure that out. Um, beautiful video of uh, uh, a young, uh, uh, probably a... Um, Uh, a traveling uh, tourist, an American, who is is just shot on her um, uh, phone and this was widely shared on social media and and she was just, uh, you know, uh, shooting um, the video video of these people, people of Israel, outside their homes, on the streets, you know, lighting up these nice lamps. They have these glass cabin kind of things and they have these uh, lamps with olive oil. And uh, they're not candles, they are these uh, old-time type of oil lamps, you know, uh, glass lamps, beautiful ones. And they light them up and sit outside and they're celebrating uh, Hanukkah. Hanukkah is uh, a celebration um, where they are celebrating their return uh, from Assyria. And this uh, celebration was uh, uh, started probably about 140-150 B.C., uh, you know, and um, so... The, this uh, celebration, this tradition is carried down even right now. And, and while this person was shooting the streets of uh, Jerusalem, you find that outside every house you have about six or eight or ten uh, chairs laid out there, plastic chairs, and they light up these lamps, and they sit outside, and they're playing the guitar, mandolin, and all of that, and singing, and uh, some of them. And in the middle of that, you find some very old man walking with a stick, you know, Uh, and uh, children are playing around and small kids are playing and all of them singing, all real celebration. And any street, and she's screening a lot of streets and walking around the streets. And every street, outside every home, all the families are sitting and celebrating. (laughs) This prophecy got fulfilled. Hallelujah. What Zechariah prophesied, probably Zechariah did not get to see this fully. But this prophecy is, is lived out even today, today. But the sad part is that they still not recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. They're still in their religious routine, but the majority of them have not accepted Jesus. But this prophecy concerning the national, concerning national Israel was fulfilled and, and I s- literally got to see the, uh, you know, uh, today 21st century thing and the moment I saw this, this is a verse that came to my mind and, um, you know, I was recollected this verse that this exactly how wonderful that this is being fulfilled and then that lady who was shooting ex- recited this exact verse and she... You know, she didn't show herself in the video, but she was showing the video and saying, see, this is how the prophecy that was given by the prophets was fulfilled, where the children are playing in the streets and the old men are walking with cane in their ripe old age. What it means is that they come back to normalcy. They come back to a life of peace and rest. And you could see that, you know, it's nightfall, but the sky is still bright and blue and uh, through the, you know, Uh, you know stony walled streets uh, and um, the what is a cobblestone uh, you know streets you know people are sitting out there children are playing uh, old people are walking with a cane in their hands each because of their age and the city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there this is what the Lord Almighty says what amazing prophecy and that has been fulfilled. God's prophecies, promises concerning our lives will get fulfilled. Hallelujah. He's a faithful God. And when he says he's faithful, and even to a thousand generations, it's literally after 2000 plus years, you see this very same verse that is happening today in the 21st century. How faithful God is. It only just reminded me how, what an amazing God Our God is. Hallelujah. Who promises back then. And they were the same people who pierced him. And in the next following chapters, that's what he says. I will come to you on a donkey, riding gently or lowly on a donkey. And then, but you will sell me for a price for 30 pieces of silver. That was a handsome price that was given for me. And then, even those who pierced me will see me. And they will be cut to their heart. And the people of Israel were judged for that. Right in the first century, in 70 to AD, you know, Titus the emperor took captive of Jerusalem, and destroyed it. Not one stone was left over the other, over the temple and the temple has not yet been rebuilt again. That promise was also being fulfilled. That has been fulfilled. Right there in that temple mount sits a mosque today. Oh, the location of the temple of Solomon. But this promise of God, God is faithful for a thousand generations. Hallelujah to those who keep his commands. Foundation, going back to the foundation. The foundation is in place. When the foundation is set well, when the foundations are strongly held together, the foundational core teachings of scriptures need to be held close to our hearts. It's not about the religious routines. Then he says in verse 19 of chapter 8, the feasts of the 4th, 5th and the 7th and the 10th months months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. If Christmas has to be a happy festival, it cannot be a happy festival with rebellion, with stubbornness, with the hardness of heart, with sin, with uh, an unyielding spirit, with disobedience. It cannot be a real festival. That's what Joshua also shared about how this could be very meaningful for us. Here he answers in chapter (laughs) 8 the fasts that you do, the fifth, the fourth, fifth, seventh month, tenth month, whenever you're fasting, all of your religious things that you do as you do to me, then your festivals, your keeping of your celebrations, your times together will become real celebrations, joyful, glad occasions. I pray this Christmas will be a joyful, glad occasion for you as you turn to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, as you yield fully to him, as you commit this morning and say, I want to live by the foundational teachings of the word of God and build my foundation, my life on the foundation, which is the rock, Jesus himself, and listen to his teachings even more. I want to learn and I want to live by it. Hallelujah, two things, I want to learn, I want to live by it then your celebration, then the biryani, then the new dress, (laughs) then the shopping, (laughs) then the times together as families together, everything becomes, then our gathering together becomes a very joyful occasion of celebrating the birth of Jesus. Because Christ is not just born in this world physically, but Christ has been born in our hearts. And Paul would say, I, I, I groan with childbirths. I go through pains of childbirth to see Christ formed in you. Christ born, but now Christ formed also. Hallelujah. The nature of Christ formed in us. Our life transformed to become like Christ. But all that can happen. Where we yield to the Lord when we submit to his teachings, when we are ready and willing and available and say, whenever there is a time where we gather, whenever there is a time where there is a teaching, whenever there is a time there is a learning, whenever there is a time where we, you know, have to nurture our relationships with each other and with God. I want to make myself available for that. I want to prioritize that. And when we do that, and we are learning, you learn and you put it to practice, you will start living it. What goes in is what will come out. If all that goes in is Tamil movies, all that will come out in life is Tamil movie style only. Not just hairstyle, (laughs) but everything else in life will become like a Tamil cinema. One day he'll be like a big prince, next day he'll become a pauper. (laughs) That's what God said, your life was pleasant, but now it has become desolate. A pleasant life can become chaos, but also a chaotic life can become very pleasant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A chaotic life can become a celebratory life, (laughs) a life that can be celebrated. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God is now, secondly, you find, firstly, we're talking about um, how no vain religious routines. When God is pardoning and in a renewal process, God will eliminate religious routines, the ideas of religious routines. God will break them down and bring us back to our, our right relationship with God. And secondly, and we close in five minutes, a restoration, a restoration which will be a double fold restoration for all that we lost. In Zechariah chapter nine verses nine to 12, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress. You prisoners of hope, even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. See, I am going to come to you righteous and victorious. I am going to come to you as riding on a donkey. Didn't that happen as he prophesied through Zechariah? Jesus Went riding on a colt, you know, into the city of Jerusalem. Why did he do that? Not just for us to have a great Palm Sunday by waving palms and then take the palm leaf from church and bring it back, fold it into the shape of a cross and keep it at the door or at the window so that it will ward off some evil. Somehow that uh, dried up palm leaf has some power as if it does. <laughs> Those are our religious routines and our traditions. It's fine to do that. Looks good. I like it like a nice wall hanging. You know, uh, nice wall hanging, like, nice like these decorations, nice decorations. It's a nice wall hanging. But that dry leaf does not have the power to ward off evil if we are rebellious. Right? Hello? You get what I'm saying? If we don't build our life on this foundation, that dry leaf has no power. (laughs) It's a nice tradition. It's fine. Nothing wrong with it. It looks good. It feels good. It's a nice day of festivity. But Jesus did not come riding on the colt of a donkey just for that festival for us, to create a Palm Sunday festival for us. Amen. But why did he come there? He came there riding on a donkey to redeem the people of Israel and for to show that he comes and rules but he's a different kind of a king he's not a king who will come riding on a white horse but he's a king who will come on a colt of a donkey a gentle mild righteous victorious lowly person humble at heart who comes to rule and reign over the hearts of people not by the sword or the arm of flesh, not by war horses, not by chariots, but he comes to win by dying on the cross for the sins of all men. Hallelujah. It shows who he is as king. Is he the king of the Jews? That's the big confusion. They hail him as king of the Jews, but are you really a king? Yes, he is a king, but you don't look like a king. You don't live in a palace. You don't sit on a throne. But his palace and his throne and his kingdom is from another place. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said when he was asked. If, it, if the, my kingdom was of this earth, my disciples would have fought for me. He says, my kingdom is from another place. It's a spiritual kingdom. He comes to rule and reign over the hearts of lives of men and transform their lives from become being a sinner to becoming a saint. Hallelujah. That's who our king is. And he's coming to Jerusalem. This is the prophecy that is given to the people of Israel that hey, your king will come. Right now you feel like you come back from exile and you have no king, but you have a king who is coming. You're asking about feasts, you're asking about festivals, but God is just telling you that this is where you need to change and he's come to redeem you and save you. Jacob is coming to save you, Israel. And his rule will not just be over you, but his rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river, the Euphrates, the river always refers to the river Euphrates or sometimes to the river Nile, river to the ends of the earth. Jesus said in that great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. When he sent the spirit, he said, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. There's a return of a double fold blessing that he's coming with. Even I announce that I will restore twice as much to you for whatever you've lost because of your rebellion. I'm going to return to you joy. He says, rejoice greatly, return of joy, return of the king. He says, your king comes to you. The king left them for a while, but the king comes back and the king return of the king brings peace. He says, "You will proclaim, he will proclaim peace to the nations. When the angels came announcing the birth of Christ, what did they say? Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Peace with God, peace with one another comes because of Jesus' birth. Because Jesus came into our lives. Return of joy, return of the king, return of peace. Return twice as much for all that we lost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse chapter 10 and verse 6 also. I will strengthen Judah and save the tribes of Joseph. I will restore them because I have compassion on them. They will be as though I had not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God and I will answer them. They will, I will strengthen Judah and save the tribes of his Joseph. I will restore them because I have compassion. As they come back to a place where as if is, they have not been rejected by God. When God restores, they will be as though I had not rejected them. They will be as though I had not rejected them. That is the former state to which he restores them. Hallelujah. In other words, a scarless state. You know, they've been injured. They've been taken captive. They've gone through the pain. They've gone through the suffering that has scarred them, right? But God brings them back and restores them. It makes you to be in a place where there is no more scar of what was lost or how you've suffered. God restores everything back to our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There will be no sign of God's rejection over our lives. God restores us completely and a double fold. And God says, I am the Lord their God and I will answer them. Restoration of a relationship back with God, restoration of the joy, restoration of their King, restoration of peace restoration of all that was lost a double fold restored to a scarless state and a restoration of the relationship with God this is how God restores us in our lives a double fold and that's what you see God is continuing to speak to the people of Israel through the remaining part of the chapters that remain we don't have time to go into every chapter in detail but we close with this But this is exactly what God is saying. Speaking to the remnant who have come back, they will be united with Christ when Jesus comes and he is born. And that exactly happened 2000 years ago when Jesus was born and the good news of the gospel was proclaimed and many people who believed came to know Jesus and their lives were restored. But the large nation of Israel as such for which he came rejected him. The leaders of the people of Israel, the religious leaders rejected him. And because of that, they suffered also. As he said, they will look at the one who pierced him. And they got to see that also. That's what God wants from us. As he pardons and renews us, as we learn about, oh, Jesus is a forgiving God. It's not just as simple as he just forgives and then that's all over. The story is over, he forgives. And he wants us to live such a life as a forgiven person. Amen. Not to just stuck with religious routines, but to check on our hearts and to make sure that we live such a life that truly pleases and honors God. Where we are learning the teachings of scriptures and we are also living them out. Remember this morning, build your house on the rock. Storms may come, winds may blow, it will never fall. A pleasant life will not become a chaotic life. Rather, a life of chaos will become very pleasant, very blessed. Hallelujah. And you will become a blessing. There's so much that the prophet's speaking about. We don't have time to go into every detail. He's speaking about financial blessings. He's speaking about how whatever you sow, it will begin to bud and flourish and blossom. And how All of that will become a blessing and you will become a blessing to others. Hallelujah. God will make you a channel of blessing to many people, not just financially, but in every way to bring encouragement, to bring joy into people's lives, to build people's lives, to restore and rebuild people's lives. That's what we've been called to do. God will enable us to do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we stand together and pray right now? Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you and praise you for speaking to us this morning, calling us back to build our life on the teachings of the word of God, not just to be hearers but doers, to learn and to live according to the teaching. And Father, we commit ourselves to that end, O oh Father. Lord, we pray that we will not just be blinded by the religious routines that we do, Oh Father, by just the customary things, the traditional things that we do, just as a form that have come in our Christian culture. But Father, we pray that our hearts will be aligned to you, that our lives will be centered around your teachings, O Father, that we will, Lord, learn and live by the teachings of the Word of God and live such holy lives as a community of God's people that will glorify your name and build many people's lives together, O Father. Lord, we humble ourselves in your presence. Bless everyone. We pray our time of celebration this week will truly be glad and joyful occasions, O Father. Not just because of the new clothes, not just because of good food, not just because of some, Lord, money that we spend on some things. But Lord, truly because our hearts are aligned with you and your spirit and your prophets. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 These times of celebration, fasting or feasting will become true celebrations. O God, bless your people, we pray. Bless your people that the festivities of Lord as it was promised and Lord, the people of Israel were blessed and even today as they celebrate Lord these times, Lord, this week, Lord, eight days of Hanukkah, Lord, that the children were playing in the streets and the men and women are sitting around and singing and the old men with their canes walking through the streets without any fear, rejoicing. In the same way, we pray that your people, your church will rejoice. And I pray for everyone who's watching online, that they will also rejoice and have a joyful life. Bless your holy name. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.